0: Hello, my name is Joanne Murphy and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the Charter Banker Institute, the world's oldest professional banking institute. Welcome to our new podcast series on the future of skills and learning in banking. I'm your host for this first series. The idea for these podcasts came from our annual banking conference in November 2020, when we held a panel session on creating a culture of lifelong learning in the workplace, which we casually titled you don't know what you don't know. If you haven't already seen it, then I thoroughly recommend that you go back and watch the session after hearing these podcasts. Throughout this session, we'll be looking at the many different aspects of the future of professional skills and learning in the banking profession, but we're also intending on occasion to bring banking learning experts together with experts from other sectors to discuss the future of learning and building sustainable careers more widely. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you do, then please feel free to share them more widely via your social media. Hello, my name is Joanne Murphy and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the Chartered Banker Institute, the world's oldest professional body in banking. Welcome to our new podcast series on the future of skills and learning in banking. I'm your host and today we'll be looking at the work of the Financial Services Skills Commission. It is my greatest pleasure to introduce my two guests, Gavin McQuillan, Head of Learning and Development at NatWest Group, and my colleague, Lynn McLeod, Head of Learning and Assessment at the Institute. Gavin and Lynn, welcome.
1: Hi Joe. afternoon.
0: Thanks Jo. I'd like to start off, Gavin, by asking you the first question, just to give our listeners a brief description of what the Financial Services Skills Commission is, and to tell us a bit more about the work you've been leading on their behalf.
1: Yeah, thanks, Joe. So it's a bit of work that I'm fairly new to. So it's been established for um, a little while now, looking at skills and and how we really, you know, improve the employability and attractiveness of, of financial services across, you know, everything. So it's not just about banking; it's the real kind of broad, broad spectrum of financial services. Um, I've come in to look at it around um, the future skills gaps piece. So I've been working with one of my colleagues, Elaine Vale, who has been looking at what are those future skills that we'll need in the financial services sector. So Elaine has been focusing on that with uh, a cross kind of industry working group. So it's very much a a kind of team effort across across industry, which I think is really important. Um, And the piece that I've been asked to come in and look about is once those skills have been um, established, how do we work with industry? And when we talk about industry, training providers, professional bodies, and then moving into things like education and the apprenticeship um, piece to think about how do we make sure that there is enough, I guess, supply of, of education and learning to develop those skills for the, for the short and the, the medium term. So that's the bit I'm I'm focused on, but in the broadest sense, it's looking at those, identifying those future skills and having a consistent framework that the whole industry can refer to that, that helps, I guess, drive us from where we are today to where we want to get tomorrow. So
0: just when building on Gavin's point A year on from the pandemic, how have we seen skills and learning transforming?
2: We've seen skills and learning transformed, I think, because the pandemic really forced us all in a way to to change the way we work and almost overnight. For example, adapting to managing teams remotely and uh, quickly getting to grips with the technology we needed to work in a more digital and virtual environment. And communication and collaboration skills became even more crucial to help us all stay connected um, with our teams um, and with our colleagues to keep that sense of community going. With the uh, pandemic disrupting many aspects of our lives, I think we needed to be more self-aware to help us make sense of our own challenges and, and deal with the change and be more aware of our colleagues to help us understand and empathize with what they were going through and how they were coping um, with the changes that they were facing. Of course, all this takes energy, um, more so than usual during the height of the pandemic, so looking after ourselves and building our resilience was, was, was key to that, I think. And the pandemic probably highlighted that it's, it's not just technical and digital skills we need to do our jobs. It's being able to learn things quickly, adapt to change and, and be resilient. It's about being curious and creative and being able to analyze and think critically. And it's also about our developing our social and emotional skills to help us deal with future shocks and uncertainty and uh, connect with and support our people, of course. So, these meta skills uh, help us learn new skills faster, and we can use them in different situations and transport them to any new situations that we find ourselves in.
0: Thanks, Lynn. Gavin, just building on that comment, um, what has that meant really for you at NatWest?
1: So, look, just, just building on what Lynn said, I, I would. Absolutely agree with everything that Lynn said. I think there's there's been so many different challenges. I guess for us, what that means, you know, is in such a you know ever-changing environment where I think you know we would all all agree that you know, I think Lynn talked about learning, you know, I think we've all been learning as we've gone at this point. So it's, I think it's been able to have a culture where you can do that. I guess early doors we set out um, I guess, four commitments that kind of encapsulate some of those things that Lynn talked about. So it was, you know, let's be kind to each other. Um, let's respect the boundaries as we move through this kind of, you know, working from home and the, the real blooding the, between the office and work, you know, I think we've all seen seen that happen. And um, let, let's look after ourselves, but but also stay connected. Um, and I think to Lynn's point, understanding that takes a real amount of energy and how do we do that in this this new way, in this digital way. So I guess what we've we've done throughout the whole year is, is kind of really use those four commitments as I guess our kind of guiding light as we've gone through this. Um, and then also understand that I think everyone's in an individual situation. So actually, how do you respond to that situation? And, and think about the story that sits behind what you might be seeing. So uh, the point around um, leadership that, that Lynn talked about, I think it's not just the, the role of the leader to do that, it's it's that everyone's got a role of how are we looking out for each other and how are we spotting those cues that might not be as easy to do digitally as you would in the office to, to support people in what has really been, you know, an unprecedented time for for everybody, so I think that's why we've kind of kind of brought it to life. So yeah, all those skills have talked about absolutely, and I think it's just been thinking about you know how do we apply them and, and how do we support people as, as as we've gone through the last year.
0: Just just building actually on that point, Gavin. So I suppose in the last year, the pandemic has given us a whole new business case for the, the acceleration of skills, but the need for future skills continues. It's not it's not going away. So. How do you see that? How do you see that being influenced? The, the sort of business case for future skills, and and how do you identify these gaps that are emerging um, at NatWest Group in particular?
1: Yeah. So, I guess the business case, in our view, is it's really straightforward. Which is, if we want to continue to serve our customers and to, to play the role in society that we want to play, um, the the skills that that we need have to keep evolving. So, I think we've done a lot of work. Um, To try and understand those skills, both those kind of real kind of core power skills. And I think that's the heart of this. Because I think, you know, we can talk about technical skills, and I'm sure, you know, it wouldn't be a skills podcast if we didn't talk about data, digital, agile, cyber. That's the kind of suite of what I would call almost technical skills that are that that people need to develop going forward. Absolutely. But those could change in two or three years' time. So I guess if you know the three of us are back together in three years' time, will it still be data, digital, cyber? I don't think any of us really know. But what we do know, and if we think about some of the things that Lynn talked about, those real kind of power skills, as I would call them, or meta skills, as Lynn talked about, things like curiosity, innovation, learning agility, I think will be at the core. So for me, it's about understanding how we develop people with those kind of core skills and then support them around you know, learning those, those kind of key technical skills as roles and jobs evolve. So the business case for me is really straightforward. I think if we want to thrive as an organization, we need to do it. I think if we want to support our people and play that role in society I think we've got a great place to do to think about how do we you know develop people for the future and that future might not be with NatWest it might not be in financial services but I think certainly my perspective is we've got a real opportunity to get people ready for the future wherever that would be.
0: Thanks Gavin I think that's that's a really good point and in the past we've talked about the importance of building these sustainable careers that you'd no longer have a a job for life, but what you're really needing is these skills that allow you to to have sustainability and longevity of of your career. Lynn, can I just bring you in here to to sort of
2: build on that too? Yeah, so if we learn these types of skills, if we help people how to learn instead of just teaching them, then it doesn't really matter um, that we don't know what our roles will be five or 10 years from now. Um, or what technical skills um, we'll need to do our job. I mean, who knows what's round the corner in terms of, of technology. And what we will be able to do though is use um, these meta skills to learn whatever we need to in the future because we'll be better learners, we'll be more self-directed learners, we'll take more responsibility for, for our own learning. And as long as we know how to learn, And as long as we believe that we can learn um, and have that growth mindset, then that will help um, ensure that people have sustainable careers and we can support our, our members in developing the skills so that they can... We can grow
0: and flourish in whatever circumstance. Thanks, Lynn. Gavin, can I come to you to to talk about whether you think that there's any barriers in investing in future skills, whether that's for organizations or people?
1: Yeah, so just touching on a point that Lynn talked about, I think there's probably three or four in my head when I start to think about that barriers question. So the first one is time. So You know, we're all, you know, digitally, I guess, tired after uh, we've been working like this for the last 12 months. So actually, how do people kind of prioritise their time to do this? And how do we create time for this against probably what might be a learning agenda for for people that for the job that they do today? So that that kind of time piece, I think, is important um, as a barrier that we need to think about. Um, And building on that, I think Lynn's point around growth mindset is important, which is how do we get people to actually be enthusiastic and curious to learn? You know, just because we are sitting here and we are learning professionals, we think it's a great idea. That doesn't mean everybody does. So, how do we, how do we create that motivation, that intrinsic motivation within people to want to learn? Um, whether they are just starting their career, they're in the middle of their career, or maybe in the twilight of their career. So, I think that kind of attitude and motivation to learn is important. Um, I think helping people know where to start. So, I think one of the the common questions that I get asked within my role when we talk about maybe say you know reskilling or new skills is where do you start? So if I want to learn about data, there's this massive, you know, mountain of things where, you know, is it Python, is it R, is it, you know, where, where do I start? So I think a real opportunity for us as learning professionals is to help people with that question. Um, and and then the final part is then also help them find the right content for them to suit their learning styles. So again, back to Lynn's point about how things have changed, you know, it's not just about formal learning, it's maybe about how, we, how do we get informal learning involved? So I think again, a real barrier to that is there's just so much choice, not of what, to, not only of what to learn, but how to learn. So my favorite phrase at the moment that uh, my team are really bored of is, we need to take a bit more of an a la carte menu approach rather than an all you can eat buffet, because there is just so much. Um, and I think that could be a barrier unless we, we as learning professionals really start to think about how we support people to get through some of those.
0: And I think some of the work that I know that you're doing with the, the Financial Skills, Commission is around that framework, isn't it? It's to give people that guidance about where do you start and if the skills that you're looking for are here, this this is where where you go.
1: You're right, Joe. I think the biggest advantage, I think, of the work that we're doing with the Financial Services Skills Commission is that common language for learning professionals, for learners, for education providers, for professional bodies, no matter what it is, so that we've all got a common language, so that when we say something that we understand what it means, Um, And that we can then think to apply that to the the solutions or the the opportunities that we've got for people. So I think, yeah, it's a massive opportunity to have commonality of language to make it simple, because I think we all know if something's simple, then people are more likely to invest the time. Definitely. Thanks, Gavin. Lynn, did
0: you have a point you
2: wanted to add to that there? Um, Just to say that the a la carte, it's all about choice, it's, it's all about flexibility, it puts the learners in charge of their own learning. And um, what, what what I would like to see is um, that we encourage um, learning as a habit um, that is part and parcel of, of what we do every day. And, Yes, it's, it can be a challenge to find ways of supporting people with their, with their goals, their aspirations, helping them to overcome barriers. Um, I think the key for me is making sure that line managers are great at, at coaching so that they can have meaningful conversations with their people. Uh, whether that's about their, their, their career, their goals, and um, encourage them to learn new skills, um, help them to learn. And this year is going to be um, a bit up and down probably as well. So it's important that they can build on their, on their social skills and their empathy and their resilience to support their people through change and also with their wellbeing. Which is likely still to be a factor this this year, I think. Um, so yeah, um, wouldn't it be wonderful if if everybody had the desire um, to form learning as a habit, as as part of what they do every day.
0: I suspect we could have a whole new webcast on how do we get people into the habit of learning? In fact, that might be a a good title for for our next instalment. Lynn, Gavin, thank you so much for your time today. That's all we've actually got time for um, in this series. Um, Really helpful and insightful contributions. Um, And we really appreciate um, your, your thoughts and sharing that with our listeners. Um, I look forward to, to our listeners joining us for our next session. And until that time, goodbye. Thank you. Cheers,
1: thanks.